Witchy, Witchy and, and Weird, Weird Podcast. Hi, Witchy and Weird. We are back again, back, back, back again. And today I am feeling very emotional <laughs> uh, thinking about this topic. So uh, we might be crying together. <laughs> but today I wanted to talk about setting boundaries over the holidays or with family members or even like with like abusive people in our lives, which um, in my personal experience has been family members. Um, And I feel like it's even more complicated when it is a family member because sometimes if it's just like an ex that was like garbage to us, we can just cut them out of our life. We don't really have to interact with them anymore, but with family members, it's harder because we're not sure what is the right decision. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to end a relationship. Um, There's lots of different factors. So I wanted to come on here and talk to you about like a mix of like what I've learned professionally um, and what I've experienced in my journey because I feel like it's going to be like extremely helpful um, and it's extremely necessary to talk about these things Um, during this time. I feel like during the holiday season, it's even more apparent, but these are definitely things that you can take and I hope that you take um, into account as like normal, like everyday things. Like this doesn't need to be just for the holidays. Um, Okay, so I wrote a lot of notes and I tried to organize everything in a way that would make sense. So I'm pretty sure that it will. So hopefully it does. (laughs) Um, So the first thing, before we even set the boundaries, I think it's important to take like, kind of take like this internal emotional stock of yourself and your personal growth, and your past relationships with maybe that you have like a specific person in mind, maybe it's like your family as a whole, right? Like, for me personally, this has been coming up a lot more frequently. And I know like, that the reason it's coming up is because I've been on my healing journey for a while. So I'm starting to get to a point where I am learning how to create safety and learning how to listen to my body um, as like a regular thing instead of like, oh, I'm going to tap in for this one session and listen to my body and then not listen to my body. So these like boundaries and these triggers have been coming up more frequently for me because I'm setting a higher standard of safety for myself and of listening to myself. So these things are becoming more apparent. And that for me is good because it's showing me that's where my growth is, right? I'm finally listening more regularly to my body and its needs. And I think that in my personal journey, I didn't realize that a lot of these things that I put up with from family members or things in the past 
were abusive or gaslighting or made me feel unsafe or uncomfortable even, right? Like even acknowledging that, like you have the power to set your own boundaries, which we'll talk about for what you want to let into your life and what you want to accept and what you don't. And so as I'm like going through my healing and tapping in and listening to myself and my body more, I've been, especially in this past month, really seeing and started to connect the dots more of how much I actually had of abusive behavior from different people in my life and different family members who allowed those people in my life and how much I kind of like glossed over it or forgot it, which is totally like okay on my part. Like if that sounds like you, like don't feel, it has nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. It has nothing to do with you, but it's like I didn't know how to deal with that stuff. And so maybe I forgot it. I pushed it away. I dissociated from it. I didn't acknowledge it. And now I'm starting to realize like, oh, this is bad. This thing that I put up with was bad. And I I actually like the whole time when I was feeling like weird inside of my body around these people, like it's because I wasn't listening to my body and my body was saying, I feel uncomfortable. I feel unsafe. So I think that that is like a really good first step for people to do if you haven't already done this is to take some time and space to journal about your familial relationships and your culture and your upbringing. Um, And there's a few different ways that I suggest to do this. So one would be to look at it from an outsider perspective. So kind of just like what happened. Maybe it might be easier for some people to remove like their emotions from it, but to write down like just their perspective of the quote-unquote facts and then to look at that and say like if this was my friend and they told me that this happened to them would I be okay with this you know because sometimes for ourselves we create allowances and we allow people to break boundaries and make us to feel unsafe because we're used to that right like we grew up in these patterns and we didn't realize that they're actually harming us or they're bad or they're not making us feel comfortable So writing out just like as much as you can, as much as you feel comfortable with um, and seeing like, is this something that I am cool with? So like my current example is like my, there's actually a few, I'll I'll pick one for now. (laughs) Like I'm non-binary and the holidays and being around family in general is hard because I'm working past the like the old version of me that wouldn't really speak up and would just endure the thing and then try and get rid of the bad feelings and never deal with them. So like for me, I wouldn't I'm I'm not the kind of person that would speak up and say like, oh, you misgendered me. Oh, this is these are actually my pronouns. Like I'll say it maybe once if I feel comfortable or safe. And then when they continue to misgender me, I don't really speak up about it because I don't want to make a big deal about it. And that's something that I'm working on changing, right? And I know that a big piece of that is like me feeling safe and working past the like patterns that I've accepted around not putting myself, not valuing myself, not speaking up for myself first. Um, So being around family members where I'm consistently misgendered I realized that was something that I don't want to have. Like, I don't have the mental capacity for it, or it's just not something I'm willing to accept. 
And I'm not quite at the point where I feel comfortable to be like, oh, you misgendered me. Oh, you misgendered me over and over again. And also understanding that like in the past when I've spoken up to family members, um, specific family members, they make fun of it. They are like, I don't understand it. They, they belittle it or they like have me kind of like fight for my existence in a way they're like well convince me convince me that this is real like convince me that this is a thing instead of just like supporting me and this is just one example and I know there's like tons of different examples of these types of situations but I wanted to use this example so you can kind of see what I'm talking about where it's like before when I was in situations I would just be quiet I wouldn't say anything I would feel bad and judge myself I would feel like maybe I don't belong here. I'm an outsider, Um, you know, like these types of things. And I would just like sit through it, be quiet, Um, you know, like, or I would re-trigger myself by standing up for myself and arguing with these people over and over again. And it would be emotionally exhausting for me and I wouldn't acknowledge that. So that's something that I've been realizing this year this time around that like that's not something I want to put myself in so my boundary right now is to just opt out of those events until I feel safe enough to speak up and be like no that's not my gender you misgendered me yet again right so it's important like what I'm using this as an example is to look at like what things made you feel uncomfortable, what things you have resistance to, asking yourself, like, why don't I want to be around this person or this family gathering or whatever it is, and and journaling about that and really trying to see, like, maybe these past patterns that your family has exhibited and looking at it from, like, an outsider's perspective as best as possible so that you can see, like, is this actually healthy? Is this actually something that I would want, like, my best friend to endure, you know? And chances are it's going to be no, because we usually don't give ourselves that same standard, but it's important to do that as much as possible in our healing journey. And that's kind of, like, the point where I'm at, where I'm, like, trying to learn and navigate what feels safe for me and what feels good for me, and, and know that, like, these things actually weren't good. Like, my other example... um it's kind of weird, but like I had a romantic relationship with a family friend and then now he's like part of the family and it was abusive and like all the trigger warnings (laughs) and he was like manipulative and he lied and I was underage. It was, it was a lot. And like my family now that he's like part of the family, like they kind of like don't really talk about it. And they like keep telling me like, come visit and come be in this space where this person is. And I can't, he's not like any other ex where I can just be like, bye, I'm not going to fucking see you ever again. Right. Like he's in the family and they know what happened. And like, at least to a certain extent, And, like, nobody, like, every time they're, like, oh, why don't you come? And, and, like, for me, every time they say that, it's, like, they're not thinking about me. And, like, maybe I might not feel safe. Maybe I'm, I I don't want to be around this person, right? Um, Like, why is nobody acknowledging this? So there's, like, certain things like that where 
before I would just go and do the thing because I'm like, oh, well, my family wants to see me and I'm not thinking about like how uncomfortable I feel. I'm not thinking about how triggered and anxious I'll feel. I'm, you know, like creating that kind of energy for everybody around. It's It was just like a whole thing. And so now I'm at a point where when they ask, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to go there. Like, you understand why I'm not going to be in this space. Like, I don't want to be in the same space as this person. And like, that's my hard boundary. Like, I don't want to put myself and my partner, my current partner in that, you know, space. So now it's like, now I feel safe enough to speak up and be like, why do you like, do you not understand? Like, I don't want to be around this or to say like, no, I'm not going to put up with this. Like, this is a boundary before where I would allow myself to be re-triggered and now I'm saying no. So just like start thinking about those types of like things that happen in your childhood with your family. Um, and it could even be like, I know there's a lot of like familial like guilt or like, oh, you need to see your family member because they're getting older. Like, oh, you, you know, like you're a traitor or whatever type of energy where they gaslight you and they're not thinking about your feelings. And that's kind of like, they might have the best intentions or it's like, I just really want to see you. And they're not thinking about like the actions that they've taken or how you might feel. And so just writing down those types of things as they come to you. So you can maybe start to see patterns and ways or behaviors that maybe we didn't realize were something we are uncomfortable with or is not healthy, right? So the second part of the journaling would be to tap into your body, right? So and 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 I'm not saying like you need to do both of these. I'm giving both as options. It'd be great if you did both of them, but there's other stuff I'll talk about later. Um, the second part would be to give your give your body space to express, right? So maybe we don't know where to start. We're not sure what patterns or things. Just starting with why am I feeling this? Like listening to your body, like maybe think like, okay, I have to go to this family dinner coming up. And like, let your body and tap into your body, take some deep breaths, close your eyes and feel if there's anxiety, if there's resistance, if there's like scared, fear, whatever, and and give your body that space and journal with your body. So ask your body, like, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Like, where is this resistance coming from? Where is this anxiety coming from? And, and listen, the more you listen to those feelings, the more you'll be able to make those connections because that's kind of where I am, where I'm making it a normal habit to listen to how I'm feeling in my body. And my body is saying, I'm not down for this. I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to put myself through this. And so even just like asking your body those questions is going to be really insightful for you because sometimes the family member may have done nothing wrong and they just remind us of somebody, you know, like, Maybe that family member isn't there anymore, but there's things in the home that remind us of them. And so we might not, we might just be like, I don't know, I get a weird feeling, but like, you know, that person has never hurt me before. And it's like, but if we listen to our body, we might find that it's like, oh, it's something about this makes me feel unsafe. So it's important to honor like your body. And if you can speak to your inner child or that, you know, that age that you had this trauma, um, 
and see if they can provide more information for you on how they're feeling and what they need, right? Because that's going to be the best thing. So like for me this morning, I was just making all these connections about, um, and I will say trigger warning about this, um, for like mention of abuse. I like my... I just started realizing like how much stuff I've put up with and have accepted as normal. Like my mother emotionally and mentally abused me. My stepdad sexually abused me. And so that environment is unsafe for me. And then my father, like emotionally, uh, I had emotional abuse and, and like his partners physically abused me, emotionally abused me. Um, so I just didn't never realize like, oh my God, like as a kid, I just put up with these things. I thought these were normal. I just needed to survive. Right. And now that I'm creating a safer space for my inner child to heal and process these things, I realize like I do have like really shitty, <laughs> like relationships in my past and really shitty things that happened to me. And I, I tried, like, I held space for my inner child and I gave them, like, I apologize and I held them and I gave them that safety that they were looking for. Um, and I think that sometimes we, we are not, like, even asking ourselves those questions. So when we tap in and we give our body that space to speak up and say, like, I'm actually feeling really sad and I was feeling very sad and the thing that brought that feeling up was you know, my, my boyfriend, he has a great relationship with his family and he loves hanging out with them. He wants to hang out with them. And I just, I don't relate with that. Like, I'm like, ew, like I never want to hang out with them. Um, and so that kind of like triggered me. And I, and I was sad because like my inner child does wish that I had the like deep relationship or the like safe enough relationship to want to be around my immediate family and and i and i don't have that right so um it was like a piece of mourning that and like even understanding that that like i wish i had this and i don't and i don't feel as safe enough around these people to to have that or ever have that or or explore that or you know it's like it's multifaceted and it's okay to hold space for the like different facets of yourself because during the holidays, it's not just like whatever is going on with your fam, your family and your relationship. It's like you can see other people's family and you might want to get into like the spirit of holidays and you you're yearning for that deepness and you don't have that. Like I had an emotionally unavailable mother. And so I wish that I had when I was a kid, I loved seeing all the media, like the TV shows with like children like Gilmore Girls, like who their mom is their best friend. And like, I had parents whose like moms were chill and I didn't even know that that was a thing. And I was sad about that. So it's like understanding that it's not just like, oh, did this person mistreat me? Am I putting up with abusive behavior? But also like, do I really want that? Am I yearning for that? Am I grieving for something that I never had? Am I trying to hold space for like that beautiful, perfect, like holiday thing. And and I know that I'm not going to get it. And that's why I'm feeling really sad today, right? So really tapping in and, and giving yourself the space to think about the past patterns and also like your current wants and needs and how you're feeling and allowing those 
things to have space is going to be really important for setting boundaries because once you understand how you feel and what you want and what you need, then you can create boundaries from the place of love instead of from a fight or flight place or a place of like anger or hatred, right? So along with this, I do want to say major disclaimer, like this is delicate work, right? (laughs) So make sure that you're supporting yourself in the best way possible. I'm talking about things that you can do. And I'm not saying you need to do all these and force yourself. Sometimes it's too much to re-experience these events. So make sure that you support yourself in a way that feels safe. Um, It can be really triggering to go through these. So maybe you work with a therapist or you work with an intuitive healer like me, like I offer this type of deep healing work with my clients. Um, Maybe you just need someone to hold space for you, someone that knows like how to navigate through this. Maybe you want to be completely by yourself. Um, I would suggest like if you're still in a space where you can't like have that, like, oh, this is my own space and I feel safe, like going somewhere else outside of your home that feels safer, that feels like you can relax a little bit more. Um, Maybe you do this with like a best friend or a trusted confidant, you know, like maybe you create a warm bath and you let it out, you know, so maybe you just decide like, that's too much for me right now. I can't do that. That is okay. Like I want you to honor, that's the point of tapping in with your body is to honor how you're feeling and to not re-trigger ourselves because that's still exhibiting that same pattern at least like in my example I would just be like I'm just gonna go and do the thing even though my body is completely triggered right now so that can be similar if you're like I'm just gonna journal through this thing even though my body is feeling very triggered right now right so understand yourself and what you need and try and give that to yourself as best as possible it's okay if this is a slower process like it's taken me like two years to reach this point of finally understanding these things and realizing it. And it's only because I've been trying to explain to my boyfriend, like all these things that I'm going through. And I'm like, wow, this is like a lot, you know? So it's okay to go slow through it. And the most important thing is to like, not hold judgment and shame for yourself in these moments, because I know I did this for myself. When I look back at these things, I judge myself and I'm like, How dare you put yourself through this? How did you not know better? You should have protected yourself better. And it's all things that happened when I was a child. So it's important as an adult now for me to say, like, that's not my fault. Like, I as a child was doing the best I could with the skills that I had in the situation that I was in. And I could only know what I learned from my surroundings and from my caretakers. And so I did the best that I could. And I can't go back and change what physically happened, but now I have the opportunity in the present to shift the energy through healing and give myself that loving support that I needed through healing and to create a safer space for the future and for the present me by choosing to undertake like this healing and to be more gentle and softer with myself. So I know sometimes it's hard that we we can get into a pattern of judgment and shame around this. Um, so really try and remind yourself that it is not your fault. Like victims, it is never your fault, right? Like you were just trying to survive and we're all human and we make mistakes and we don't always know the best way. And that's why some people never even do this in their entire lifetime. And the fact that you're like listening to this podcast and you're making a concerted effort 
with the best skills that you have and the best way that you can, that is like more than most people ever do. So you're already putting in a lot of work to make a better place for yourself. So, you know, there's no need to hold the judgment and shame. And I know that like with my clients, I've seen this and with myself that we can have judgment and shame. So even working through that, if that's all that you can do in this, you know, time, then that's great, you know? So just be gentle with yourself and go at a pace that feels good for you. Um, okay. So that's kind of like my, that was like my step one, <laughs> which is a lot, right? Um, and that's kind of, I feel like once we have on table, like on the table, the, how we're feeling, things that trigger us, things that were important to us, um, we can start to see like maybe patterns arise and we can start to create boundaries from a place of love for ourselves, right? So we we can start to ask ourselves empowering questions like, is this something that I want to put up with? Does this feel safe for me? Um, what would feel safer for me? What would feel better for me, right? So you can start like asking like, do I like it when this person treats me this way? Do I like being in this kind of situation? And so you can start to get these answers when you work with your body and you tap into the patterns that you've had in the past and how you felt in the past. You can start to see like, okay, this is really what I need for myself. This is a huge thing that maybe I just want to focus on this one thing right now for creating safety. Um, and you can start to answer those questions. And if you're not sure um, what questions to ask, like, just let your body guide you, you know, just ask why, 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 <laughs> you know, like more open-ended, empowering questions. Um, and for patrons, I, if you're in the second tier and above, I posted a shadow work PDF that like kind of is designed to go concurrently with this episode that will help you like work through and answer some of these questions and establish some good boundaries for yourself. So um, that's always there if you want that. And there's tons of other resources around this. Um, and, you know, you can ask your guides, your ancestors, your deities, trusting your intuition to help you create these boundaries, right? So when it comes to creating boundaries, it's important to understand like your baseline and then to go from there. So there might be certain things like, I just never want to see this person ever again. Um, as, as hard as that might feel, like if that feels like a big, strong truth for you, then honoring that. And if it feels a little better, you can say like, right now I'm putting this relationship on pause until I feel better about this. You know, boundaries can shift and change as you grow. And we need to honor where we currently are and what we currently feel like. So it is important to when we're creating these boundaries to continuously stay in touch with ourselves. So we have like baselines for like, okay, that doesn't feel safe for me. So I don't want to put up with this anymore. Right. And, and when we're creating boundaries from that place of love, not from like fear and wanting to get back at somebody more. So like what feels best for me? What does my body need? What does my inner child need? Um, what would make me feel like comfortable and answering those questions. Right. Um, and then checking in even on the day of, like if you've set a boundary, like I want to make it a point to still be around my family because that's important for me, but maybe you wake up on Christmas morning 
and you're just not emotionally feeling up for it, like it is important to continuously check in so that we're not re-triggering ourselves and putting ourselves through like deeper damage because setting boundaries is important, but following through and honoring those boundaries is how we're showing ourselves self-love and how we're building self-love, which is why sometimes doing this during the holidays and with our family members can be one of the harder boundaries to set because we also love these other people and we also really want to feel included and feel loved and have family. Um, And if we don't have practice setting boundaries for smaller things in our life, then it can be harder when it comes to like these bigger, um, more emotionally charged situations. Um, Okay, so I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, we'll continue with this conversation. Okay, so I'm back. Um, And we were talking about setting boundaries, right? So something that came up that um, spirit wanted me to make sure to mention is this idea of maybe feeling overwhelmed when we come to all these conclusions and feeling the need to set like all of the boundaries and being unsure and how to do them and not feeling like they're quite right. And so I think it's important to again note that this is a process and that we should do what we feel like best doing and what we feel is the most important or safest for us to do in the moment, right? So like I've talked about this before in the podcast, like creating safety can be hard to just go from feeling unsafe to all the way feeling safe. So it's a it's a step ladder, right? Like what can I do today that will make me feel safer? What can I do in this moment that will make me feel more safe? That will make me feel a little bit better. So don't feel the need to like set every single boundary for everybody, for everything. It's okay if you make some mistakes, if you try to set a boundary and it doesn't work or it's it felt like right and then you try it and it's not exactly what you needed, right? This is a process. Learning how to love yourself and to protect yourself and to create safety for yourself and happiness for yourself is a process. It is like an art almost, right? Because one, everybody's different. And two, if you spent your life thinking that accepting less, feeling unworthy, um, being the victim of abuse is normal, then you it'll be hard for you to shift from to like standing up for ourselves, to putting ourselves first, to like saying yes to harder, you know, like decisions of um, creating safety and happiness over pleasing others, right? So just be gentle and try and acknowledge and be as realistic as possible about these things that maybe the best you can do today is to just uphold one of those. Um, or maybe you don't feel strong enough to uphold those boundaries around people. So you just don't go, right? So it's all a process and we shouldn't judge ourselves for wherever we're at and whatever we can handle. Um, And like I said, getting help from others to help you through this is going to be really important. Um, I think sometimes, like I know I did this, like I grew up in a home where I had to fend for myself and support myself as a child, uh, emotionally and mentally, and to 
be responsible for adults emotions in my household so I grew up thinking I have to do everything by myself and I can't ask for help and so those are things that um that's why I said it's like very like nebulous this idea of boundaries those are things that can be hard for some people to ask for help to not do it on our own to feel uncomfortable with that, to reject that, to push people away. So it's important to be realistic with where we're at and to acknowledge that because if I acknowledge the, the sometimes like just acknowledging like that, what I just said, like for me, like realizing like I push people away because I don't feel safe trusting others and allowing other people to help. Like that was a big, even realizing that is a big breakthrough thing, right? Because then when we're doing it again, when we're putting ourselves in that same situation, it's easier for us to acknowledge it and to see it as it's happening or right after it happens. Um, And then we can communicate that too, right? If I realize something um, about boundaries or about how I want to feel, I can communicate that to, to other people, right? So that's where we start to get after we've created our boundary of what feels safe for us, um, we can move into the phase of like upholding those boundaries or creating systems in place to help us uphold those boundaries. So maybe we communicate that to our guides and our deities and our ancestors to help us set them and to help nudge us when we're um, going back on our boundary Maybe we talk to a friend or a loved one that we trust and we let them know. Like, so when I figured out that I like to do everything by myself and I push people away, that was a big thing for me. And I started to look at ways that I did that in my life um, because I, I always wanted to have support, but then I would push people away. It's called avoidant attachment um, because that's how I grew up. I grew up in an environment that taught me that, right? And so I'm working to unlearn that. And so with my partner, I felt safe enough to trust him to not safe enough to trust him to like work with him. Right. Because I, that's a big block for me is to accept other people's help and (laughs) in the moment. So when I wasn't triggered, um, I brought it up. I made it a point to bring it up to him um, in like a neutral environment and tell him that, that it's hard for me to do that that I'm working on that and that I would like his support in that. And it's okay if you don't know what that looks like, but even just communicating that can help because you're not the only one who knows the boundary. You're not the only one working on it by yourself, right? Um, It could be tweeting it, right? Like putting it somewhere where you're sharing it because the more we express and stand up for ourselves, the easier it's going to be. Like if I am the only one who knows this thing and I'm the only one upholding it, it's going to feel harder for me. So if I tell one person, if I tell the internet, if I tell a stranger, if I tell a tree, a dog, like anybody or anything, it can feel better. Like we as humans naturally want to have support and community and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with being afraid of that because of, you know, past experiences. So when I told my partner, I don't want to do this alone and I know that I push people away it became easier for me to share with him because it's like now he knows now he knows the really scary thing he knows the really traumatic thing and so he understands more where I'm coming from so I feel safer you know like I I told him I need you to help me 
create a space of safety, right? So in our boundaries, we can ask for other people to help us or we can just simply express our opinion or our boundary to other people because if we don't communicate our needs, then it'll be harder for them to be met, right? And like like I said, all of this is very delicate. So doing so in a way that feels safe for you, in a way that feels best for you, like obviously I'm not going to go up to my abuser and be like, hey, like this is my boundary, right? Like if I don't feel safe, if I feel like they'll receive the boundary, then sure. But if I feel like that, you know, it's more unsafe for me to even speak to them in the first place, then I'm not going to do that. Right. So that's what I mean, like using our our own discretion and our best judgment for what feels best for us and acknowledging too, like, don't just decide. Like I said, we want to do this from a place of love, not from a place of fight or flight or from like anger. So like if you decide it, take a take a little bit to sleep on it to see how it feels, because we might in the moment be like, oh, yeah, 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 this. And it might be our ego, right? Like, yeah, I need to go and, and like text my abuser like right now and tell them exactly, you know, it's like, that's not the best. That might re-trigger us. That might not be the safest thing for us. So sitting on how you're feeling and finding the space to communicate that in a way that feels safe for you. When I first started doing stuff like this, I couldn't actually say the words out loud. So I texted them. I wrote them on a piece of paper and I gave them to somebody. Um, I couldn't do it in the moment. So I waited a couple days well until I felt like strong enough to speak up and say it. So it's just like honoring, knowing that it's going to be a process and honoring that. So um, definitely communicating your needs or your expectations, right? communicating your concern um, and expressing your opinion is going to be like a huge way to help feel like your boundaries are being stated and to create a space where you're supporting yourself and your boundaries. Um, You know, like I said, tapping in with your body. Is this too much for me emotionally right now? Is this too many tasks for me to take on right now? Um, how am I currently feeling? Am I honoring that? Am I listening to that? Those are all going to be like great places to start for boundaries. Um, and like, just know that like, okay, maybe it's too much for me today. Like I'm gonna have to sit this one out. That's going to be better for you in the long run than triggering yourself for like the length of a family event. Right. Um, and then, you know, I'm very guilty of this becoming passive once we state it, right? So maybe we state our boundary and somebody doesn't like that or they try and gaslight us or we do it once and then we think, okay, then they're going to listen. And then I just become passive. Like how I was saying, like, it's, I, I state my pronouns once and then I expect everybody to remember and I get upset and I never bring it up again. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I don't need to keep saying it, you know? So it's important to honor like what feels safe for you in the moment and where you're at, but also to honor your boundaries because that's like the biggest self-care you can give yourself. And the most healing thing that you can do for yourself is to revisit and re-honor as much as possible what feels safe and revisit your boundaries so that they can remain a boundary instead of going back on them. And I think that 
if you find yourself doing the opposite of any of those things that I just mentioned, like that is a sign that we're violating our boundaries. Um, but also like that it is hard. I acknowledge that it is harder with family members. So if we come in with a clear understanding of how we feel and our boundaries and we try and communicate it as best as possible, if it feels safe, then understanding how your family members react to that is not your responsibility, is not something that you now need to factor in to shift your boundary, right? So if we set a boundary and somebody gets upset or feels some type of way from it, they're the person that was benefiting from us not having that boundary in the first place. So of course they're going to be upset. What do you mean I have to be nicer to you? It felt so good for me to not be nice to you. It felt so good for me to take advantage of you. So of course I'm going to be upset when you ask me to not do that, right? So understanding like um, and educating ourselves on like gaslighting tactics, on like like abuser behavior, there's tons of resources out there, is going to be really important so that when we are trying to set our boundaries so that we can feel safe, that we understand like this is a sign that this person is not acknowledging me. And and if we state from the point of, like I said, from of love for ourselves instead of like, well, you do this to me and you do that to me and saying like, I don't feel safe when this happens. I would really love for this to change. That's going to be received differently by people. And then you know you did your best to communicate only how you were feeling and only what you needed. And if they can accept that, then that helps you to create a boundary that's safe. So if you bring it to somebody and they're like, yeah, cool, cool. I get that. I'm sorry. I'll make sure. Then that's amazing. And you feel safer. And if you bring it to somebody and they're like, yo, that's totally unfair. What about my feelings? How dare you? Then you know, like, this is where your boundary needs to be, that this person is not accepting of your boundary. So maybe we need to reevaluate it. Maybe it needs to be stronger. Um, maybe we need to take a break from them, whatever feels best for you in the moment and to revisit that. Be like, okay, well, if you can't just simply respect my boundary or try and acknowledge my boundary, then like there needs to be some shift that's going to happen because I need to stuck up, stand up for myself. And this is where it can be hard because depending upon the environment that you've grown up in, we have learned maybe that our emotions are dumb or they don't matter or we're not worthy of love and we're not worthy of respect and safety or that being uh, standing up for ourselves and the term being selfish is like demonized, um, that we need to put other people's emotions and be responsible for other people's emotions above ours. So that's why I think like doing the journaling around that can help us to see like this person feels this way. And this person um, maybe taught me this, or I've exhibited this pattern from, you know, learning how to survive around in this environment. And so when we are are stepping up to the plate and trying to create a better environment for ourselves, it can be hard to be met with that kind of um, response that is not exactly what we want. So I think that if we acknowledge what we need in terms of support going into that, it'll be really good. So, you know, like maybe like um, when I first was going around my family um, with my family friend um, that turned in, you know, that was my ex. Um, and I was with my partner, Frankie, currently. 
Um, he was like the first person I told about that and the only person for a long time. And so he was there to support me. Like I communicated that I needed support from him um, when being around those family members. Right. So maybe we have somebody where it's like, Hey, could you come to my family function with me? Um, Hey, if I, if I have, you know, something happened, do you, can you hold the mental capacity to, you know, have a phone call with me while I'm crying or, you know, something like that, like setting yourself up for success, like after we've communicated the boundary is also really important because sometimes we do a lot of the work for the buildup. And then we think in our mind, like it's going to go this way and it's going to be great. And then it doesn't, and we don't know what to do or where to go from, you know, after that triggering, that new triggering moment happens. So you know, having like, like I said, a therapist, um, a healer, like working with me who can help you like, you know, journaling, whatever, you know, helps you through that, a support from a person, having an exit strategy, like, if they're not cool with this, then what is my thing that I, you know, where's my line that I'm drawing? Where's my baseline? If they're not cool with it, then I'm going to leave. If they're not cool with it, then maybe I'm open to having a discussion, you know, like understanding like how you want to be received and that you can't always control what other people do, but you can be in control of what you do with their reaction, right? So um, that was a thing that I had to learn the hard way because I, um, I had abuse from my stepdad growing up and um, I didn't tell anybody for the longest time. I told my partner, my current partner, he was the first person I told. And in college, I decided to tell my mom about it. And I thought the whole time that she would be so angry and want to divorce him and all these things. And that's why I never said anything when I was a kid, because I was afraid that it would ruin her marriage and my brother, and that's his father, so I, I was thinking about other people, right, and and their emotions. And when I finally told her, she didn't believe me, and she gaslighted me, and she was like, are you sure that that happened? You were a kid. You were so young. And I was like, why would I want to make this up? Like, this makes no sense to me. And I asked her, like, to not share it with my stepdad because I wasn't ready to talk to him about that. And then like five minutes later, my stepdad came into the room and was like, oh, so your mom told me, you know, so it's like things like that, where it's like, we think in our head, like, oh, it's going to be great. They're going to receive me a certain way. And I've been looking forward to this, this kind of like validation or this support from them that I've so deeply wanted. And then I didn't, I got the exact worst opposite, worse than I could imagine. Right. Um, And I was visiting, so I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't leave. I couldn't drive away and go home. I was in a completely different state. And so it was very hard for me to finish out that trip um, and to be in that environment for the rest of the time. So I learned the hard way. Like, I didn't have, like, that support. I didn't have, like, that, like, exit strategy or, you know, like, understanding of, like, okay, if this doesn't go how I want it to go, then I need to still support myself and be like create safety for myself um and so had I known that it probably would have gone differently but that's kind of like why I'm sharing this now because it's important too to to understand like we can't control how other people take this 
but we still need to think about ourselves, you know, because if they come at us, well, what about my feelings? What about me? And then we start like, okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll like go back on my boundary. Maybe I won't do this. Maybe I'll take off this part. Maybe I won't, you know, like it's important for us to stand firm in our boundary and show ourselves that self-love. Um, and if people really do truly love you, they will want to help you. They will want to work through it. They will want to be a part of that boundary or that healing and respect that. And it might take them a little bit to come around. It might be a shock, but I think that eventually or hopefully like right away, they will want to help with that. And if they don't and they don't ever acknowledge that, then it kind of shows you where they're at. And then we know, okay, that's another answer for me and my boundaries, right? Instead of oh, I really wish that they were, like, that's kind of what, I, what I'm getting at now with, like, the after phase is, like, we need to set these boundaries for ourselves and for a place from a place of love for ourselves and support for ourselves because if we set these boundaries from a place of wanting the external validation, wanting the support that we never got, wanting that answer that we never got, that response that we never got, then we're going to be let down if that doesn't happen. And most of the time... If we're dealing with an abuser, it doesn't happen exactly the way that we want it. And so we need to make sure that we are acknowledging that that reality can be a thing. And that's why it's important to set the boundaries for ourselves and our own healing and for our love. And if we don't get the response that we want, then we still need to work on healing and making sure that we're still setting that safe space for ourselves so that we can still get the love that we so deeply deserve the safety that we deeply deserve instead of going back into those old habits of allowing our abuser to get away with it or forgiving them or not you know standing firm in what we truly want um and if we don't get that response then we still need to acknowledge that these things are important and we shouldn't just keep trying to get that external validation from that okay well if they didn't accept my boundary this way maybe next time when I bring it up the next time maybe I'll try this and that and that it's like then you're still working on being responsible for somebody else's actions and re-triggering yourself instead of okay well they didn't give me the response that I intended but I'm so proud of myself for setting that boundary and now I need to move forward for what is going to be best for me for my boundary if they don't accept my boundary I need to create a new boundary that will be safe for me and will matter for me instead of They didn't accept it. So I need to keep trying to get them to accept that, you know, like that's not our responsibility. Um, Our responsibility is always to ourselves and to what we need in the moment. So that's kind of like uh, the like after part, you know, that I think is really important in acknowledging is that it, it might not go how we want to, but if we're always coming from a place of what is best for me, then we're going to get through it and we're going to have the healing. And sometimes that can be without that person, right? We set the boundary. It might be without that person. They've shown to me that it's not something they're willing to work on. It's not something they're open to. So now I need to get the healing for me because that's what's most important. Um, Not waiting for them to give me that answer that I so desperately want. And that's really hard to get past. I've had to do that a couple times (laughs) with different family members. And, um, it's hard, but ultimately it's about creating that safe space for little you and creating that life that's full of love and happiness and support for current you. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm looking at my notes that I mentioned. I know I was a little bit vague on the boundaries. So, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge what is truly a boundary. So educating yourself on boundaries, like how I gave some examples, like um, I cutting them out of my life, right? That can be a hard one for people. Um, but if this person has shown you time and time again that they're not there for your best interest and they're not willing to budge, then that might be, you know, we need to do what's best for us and it might hurt, but it'll feel better in the long run, right? Like acknowledging that maybe in the short term it feels better, but in the long run, we're still not doing what is best for ourselves and standing up for ourselves and being the the protector that we've always needed when we were younger and we didn't get. Um, maybe it's like a soft deadline of like, whenever I feel ready, whenever I have reached that healing, then I'll then I'll talk to them again. Um, and maybe it's just, um, you know, like it can be something softer. Like I just need you to respect my pronouns, you know, like something that's not so cut and dry. Um, or I'm trying to think of other examples of boundaries. Uh, maybe it's like a time limit. Maybe uh, today I'm only cool with hanging out with these people for one hour. Um, Maybe it's just setting the boundary of like, I'm going to make sure to acknowledge and listen to myself and how I'm feeling and honor that. Um, other examples for boundaries, um, just like stating what you need, right? Like communicating what we need. I just need you to work with me on this. I'm still working through it. I might still have a flare up. Um, I'm still working on feeling safe around this you know, could you please honor that and be gentle with me? Like maybe that's a boundary. I just need you to be a little bit more gentle, a little bit more mindful. Um, you know, like maybe please don't use that word around me. Um, you know, and I think that sometimes when we're setting our boundaries, we can learn to, we've learned to accept less already. So a big one for me is like, um, being queer, like coming out as bi. Um, my parents were generally accepting, but, it was like this weird phenomena where like then all of a sudden my mom forgot that I was bi because I didn't date a woman for a long time. And um, when I would bring it up, she would be like trying to belittle and like devalue <laughs> what my experience was and my truth was. And I'm trying to remember where I was going with this. Sometimes that's the... Um, the norm for people who are queer, unfortunately. And so it's like, if you can accept this about me, you know, like, then that's a hard boundary. But sometimes it's more subtle. Sometimes it's like, um, I accept that about you, but why do we need to talk about it? I accept that about you, but you don't need to tell me about it, right? So those can be like subtle ways that we're allowing people to to tell us we're not worth it and we have to accept less than what we need, right? Like that was kind of the norm for a while. It's like, I'm tolerant of you, but I'm not accepting of you and I'm not supportive and loving of you, right? Like that's like a scale. It's like not tolerant, tolerant, accepting, like supporting, supportive and loving, right? Like that's like a scale. Like, and so sometimes we're taught through circumstances that we just need people to be tolerant of us 
And if you're asking yourself consistently what actually feels safe for me, what make would make me happy, what would make me feel comfortable, we might be asking our member family members to step up the plate, right? Like you were tolerant for this long, but um, now I'm going to ask you to be supportive of me, you know? So understanding your boundary and understanding like how people might be trying to get you to settle for less and instead being like, no, I need you to be more than tolerant. I need you to be like for my mom, it was like a big thing. It was like, yeah, I understand that you're bi, but like, what, like, are you really bi? And I was like, that's not being tolerant. Um, that's not being supportive of me, right? Like, I need you to, like, why do I need to know these things? You just need to know them for yourself. Well, if I say that it's important for you to know, and it's an important part of my identity, then, like, I need you to respect that. I need you to be here for that. I need you to be supportive of that. And I think those are some boundaries that people, um, I don't know, they're like, it's easier for me if I don't have to do the work. I don't have to um, help you feel more comfortable, you know, like, and understanding those little nuances of what they're telling you and what you're actually truly wanting. Like, knowing what you truly want going into that will help you because when they try and negotiate you out of it, then you're like, no, 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 no. But my boundary was this. And I'm going to stick to that. So maybe, like, writing it down even so you can, like, look at the paper. I did that when I was a kid. I wrote down things because I was easily, like, pushed out of it. And so I would just read the paper. So it's like, there's no way for you to, like, push me out of saying it. I'm just going to read everything on the paper. Um, So... There's tons of ways to do this, and hopefully this has helped you. Um, Yeah, and like I said, there's the shadow work PDF in the Patreon portal um, that will help you through this as well. And, you know, I it's kind of vague. I tried to use examples from my own life, but it's kind of vague because, like, everything is different. Every situation is different. Every boundary is different. And that's why I'm saying, like, finding what's best for you and honoring that instead of just, like, I'm not giving you like a cut and dry rule. I'm giving you guidelines and I'm hoping that that will help you. And if it doesn't, like I'm here, please work with me. There's therapy. There's tons of other resources. Um, Even if you don't have the funds to work out, work with me, reach out to me and I'll try and, you know, guide you in the best direction around this. But um, I really hope that you have a safe and loving holiday and you know that you deserve every boundary that you want. And there is nothing wrong with, your feelings and wanting what you want that that you deserve that um and you don't need to earn that um and yeah if you want to become a patron to get access to the other stuff there's um the most recent patron episode was my top 10 spiritual tips that i've learned thus far that came out this week and there'll be another one coming out next week there's two every month um so yeah bye Okay. Oh my God. So I missed like a huge piece and I'm like sitting here thinking like, wait, there's more that I wanted to say. Um, In terms of like holidays and stuff, I did want to mention like boundaries, like saying like, no, or that's personal are totally like acceptable. Like if, you know, if it's not that like I focused on like, if you're having to deal with like abusive family members, but sometimes it's just like, a lot to just have regular family members be like, so what's going on in your life, you know? And I think that um, we can, that can feel like invasive, especially if we're not feeling stable or sure about what's going on. So being like, "Um, actually, I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, 
you know, this is a boundary for me. Can you respect that? Like I've already stated, you know, what I do for my career. And if you don't understand it, like I encourage you to do your own education around this or like, okay, cool. If that's something you don't believe in, um, that's amazing. But this is a fact or a truth for me. So I'm going to ask that you respect that, you know? So um, that can also be just like really taxing. So um, my favorite thing is to just like come in hot with your needs and your expectations and you know, if you don't want to have those kinds of conversations with your family, I think sometimes we wait until they ask us these weird questions. And then we're like, oh, uh, and then we're already getting kind of triggered. So maybe just like coming in hot and in the beginning of the conversation or like as a general PSA to everybody in the room or whatever it is, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, just being like, hey, I love hanging out with you. I love you as a family member. And I just want to let you know, I don't want to talk about these topics um, right now um, about my life or, you know, in general, or even maybe doing the opposite. Like, hey, just going to let you know, I'm going to bring up this topic because I'm committed to being anti-racist or whatever it is, right? So like boundaries can go both ways. And I think that communicating your needs is a really easy way to like, create a space for boundaries to be respected and then you can like if you instead of waiting for the person to be like so like you know maybe you're like lesbian and you haven't your family doesn't like accept that or you haven't come out to them they're like so like um do you have a boyfriend like maybe instead of waiting for that awkward like really triggering question to come up you can be like hey just gonna let you know um I'm not open to communicating about my relationship or romantic status at this time and I hope that you can respect that and so if they're like oh why don't you want to talk about it like instead of like asking you like do you have a boyfriend it's a little bit easier maybe to be like why don't you want to talk about this and then they're like you can just be like I just don't want to and you need to accept that Or maybe if you're open to communicating and being like, you know, it's something that is personal for me and I'm working through or I just don't think that that's like conversation that I'm ready to talk about at this moment, you know, like then it makes it a little bit easier because you're not um, like being asked the weird question. Um, And I think it kind of like disarms or disengages those kind of family members that are just like, I want to be really invasive. So you can come out on the defense and be like, just so you know, I don't want to talk about these before you even ask me that question, grandma. Um, and, you know, something else like, like the whole like, no, where that's personal, like if they do ask that you have the power and you, you have the freedom to say like, no, no, I don't want to No, I'm gonna go over there and grab a piece of cheese. Thank you. You know, like, you don't have to put yourself in any position that doesn't feel safe for you. Um, And that was the piece that I was missing was like the more lighter things. Um, I just got really heavy into the abuse, like dealing with abusers and stuff. Uh, (laughs) Because that's what's been on my mind and my family is like that. So uh, yeah, you can communicate those boundaries ahead of time. Um, Maybe even like writing it out. Like, I don't know, be extra. Like I would be extra AF. Like I would print out a one sheet and be like, so what's going on in your life? Like you can read this one sheet. Like I put that shit on the internet. Like that's on my website. Like you still don't know. And I've told you 50 times what my business is. So here, have this takeaway. Like here's my business card. 
Um, that could be cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have a shirt and like earrings that say my pronouns. So it's like just putting it out there. Like this is I'm I'm non-binary. Like I'm queer. Like I have shirts that are like queer culture things. So um, there's different ways that you can express your boundaries verbally and non-verbally um, and just like come out in the offensive so you don't have to be triggered. Um, and then the last part that I also forgot, like in this same kind of vein is um, like witchy, the witchy part, right? So like I love to use crystals for boundaries and veiling for boundaries and symbols of protection for boundaries with my family members. Like I'm always wearing this really pretty um, smoky quartz crystal necklace and or like any kind of like dark crystal um dark color crystal like black or in that kind of range will be great for protection um you can literally just hold it in your hand and like whisper to it like what you would like it to help you with and then put it in your pocket you know put it on your person I love wearing it as jewelry um and so you can use that you know you can I wear like my protection like my Hamza um and different symbols of protection for my culture. And I put them on and I envision like that boundary being set. Um, and you can also do this like with herbs, if you want to carry them around on your person or in your pocket, like put a little like plastic baggie with salt for protection. Um, if you veil your crown chakra, like that can help you. So you're not open, like maybe you don't need protection, but maybe you just need to use a crystal that will help you so you're not like being emotionally open and processing other people's emotions um that like there's you can google it um which ones would help you with that um and I said like speaking if you don't know and you don't have all these fancy ones like quartz can be programmed to do anything so you can ask it to help you with exactly what you need ask your ancestors and your guides and your deities to protect you um you can like you know do a spell right before the event um, so veiling would be like covering over your crown chakra. So you can like Google how to do that. Um, and then there's also like just creating a energetic bubble of protection. Um, my master, your energy master course, it's on my website. Um, it's like two hours. It's online, like at your own pace. I talk like super, super in depth about how to do this, but um, you know, envisioning a bubble or like a round type of object that feels like safe for you and grounding for you and protective and stating that intention that it's for protection. And you can state, you know, like other people do not have access to my energy and cannot come into my space if I don't allow them to. Um, this this is only for me and my energy and I am safe in here. Um, and then if you're feeling unsafe, you can ask your guides to wrap you in protection um, even further. Everybody has a protector guide, so you can call upon them. A lot of people use, like, Archangel Michael for protection um, and grounding. Like, if it just feels overwhelming, like, grounding, like, make sure you ground before you go in. So dark crystals are great for protection, but also for grounding. Um, so there's, like, dual use in there. Um, but, like, root chakra crystals are great for grounding. Um and like grounding in nature, just going outside, having a few breaths, hugging a tree. Um, you know, I have a visualization that I use for grounding. So like finding your visualization. A lot of people use like um, the roots growing out of your feet into the earth's heart chakra. Like I have different ones throughout time. And so like 
returning to that kind of space when you feel ungrounded um, is also going to be really helpful. But yeah, I totally forgot about the witchy part of that. (laughs) I was so focused. I'm sorry. I was like low-key speaking about my personal experience, which I think is still going to be helpful. Um, But yeah, definitely like those types of like setting. I personally like my fire moon and fire rising are like, I'm just going to go out here and tell you like I'm not negotiating with you about this topic. Like this is off the table. Um as a blanket statement, but yeah, just, oh, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Is there another topic that you'd be open to talking about? Because this is a topic that I am very firm on not wanting to talk about right now. Like, I think that like the more ways you can just say that type of statement, the more they'll get the the hint eventually. And you also have the power to get up and walk away from any situation. Be like, I'm sorry, I've already communicated to you that I don't want to talk about this. And you keep asking me about it. So I'm going to leave, you know, like just that kind of boundary setting. I'm very like is very easy for me because it's like less emotionally charged for me where it's like, I'm sorry. um, I already said that I didn't want to talk about this. So it's a no. Um, And like I said, even communicating like similar to what I talked about before, communicating to somebody else in the room that you know and you love and you trust hey, if you see me struggling, like, I'm going to flash you this signal, I'm going to text you, like, could you please come and help me for backup for emotional support or whatever it is, I'm sure, hopefully that you have like a family member, or even like a friend that you can text in the meantime, and they can call you, oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a call, I need to walk away. Um, Those types of things can also help you if you're just feeling like super overwhelmed um, and just like setting, having that plan, right? To set yourself up for success if it doesn't go how you want it to go. Um, And yeah, now that's everything. So yeah, (laughs) I knew I was forgetting something. (laughs) Um, But yeah, same as the last ending. So you'll get to hear it twice, but If you want to become a patron and get access to the extra episodes, um, the one, the first one that released this month was my top 10 spiritual tips thus far. Very juicy. It was a little bit longer. So it's great extra, like it was like almost an hour and 30 minutes. Um, I'm going to be at, and that's for any tier. And then the second and third tier people, they will get access to that shadow work, um, like PDF around setting boundaries and and then I'll be releasing the second episode for this month. It's late this month, but that's because like, you know, things were going on. But you get two extra episodes each month. And then if you're the second tier and up, you get shadow work prompts like once a month. And then if you're like the top tier, um, we actually, I'll be doing group spells for people that will be centered around a specific theme that I'm hoping we'll match the shadow work prompts um, as best as I can. And you'll get like spell reports and all that stuff. And you get discounts on merch, which merch is coming. I have created the merch. I have put it on my website. I'm just making sure everything is perfect before I like put it on the um, witchy and weird website. Um, So that'll be really fun. And yeah, so I hope you have a safe, and warm and happy holiday season and sorry for that like abrupt ending and then another (laughs) additional ending um okay now it's goodbye 
If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash witchyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!